I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Netflix has revealed data for ninety-nine percent of all viewing on its site, but honestly, there's not much to see. On Tuesday, Netflix came out with its What We Watch viewership engagement report, which ranks almost all of its titles by number of hours watched between January and June 2023. This is the first of what is to be a bi-annual report, and Netflix's data dump boasted over 18,000 titles and nearly 100 billion hours watched in total. However, There's a caveat. But first things first, the highest ranking title was The Night Agent, which registered over 812 million hours of viewing. The entirety of the top 10 was made up of long-form content, while overall views were split nearly even between original productions and licensed titles. The most popular content was young adult women-centric titles like Ginny and Georgia, which came in at number 2 followed by some of the returning titles. Interestingly, Netflix reported that around 30% of total viewing was generated by non-English titles and two of them even found their way into the top 10. Indian shows however were nowhere near. The most watched Indian title Rana Naidu ranked only 336 with just over 4 million views. Other prominent Indian titles such as Chor Nikal Ke Bhaga and Mission Majnu were ranked even worse. Now here's the caveat Netflix has become the first streaming giant to go public with its viewership data and it's made sure to pat itself on the back. But according to Financial Times, the data provided is quote on quote rubbish. The Excel table of the report only lists four bits of information: the title, its release date, global availability, and the hours viewed. Meaning it has only one metric of ranking and it's skewed. Total hours viewed is no metric for comparison across platforms. and gives long form content an unfair advantage over movies and limited releases and the data itself may be inflated netflix rounds up its view content meaning anything viewed more than 50000 hours would read as 100000 in the report while even sampling a title say for 30 minutes counts as a full view well that's some crazy math isn't it now ted sarandos the co-ceo of netflix defended the report saying that this is the data that netflix actually uses perhaps not realizing how embarrassing that is he said anything more specific would be competitive intelligence and could not be released i guess it's easier to be transparent when you're still as vague as ever for the next few minutes you're going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology business policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought hi i'm manaswini and this is the deep dive for 15th december 2023 what is president xi jinping the most powerful leader china has seen after mao zedong up to well he traveled to vietnam this week where he cautioned the neighbor against letting outsiders meddle in the asia specific a region in which the us and its friends are trying to corner china President Xi's latest advice to the Communist Party of China is to strengthen its legal prowess especially in the legal system related to foreign affairs. After witnessing how the US went about shackling Russia and protecting Israel, it is a no-brainer for China to regard legal expertise in international fora as a key weapon for an aspiring superpower. 
But let's begin with some context. After the Soviet Union collapsed in 1991, the US became the unrivaled big daddy of the globe. Scholars declared the world truly unipolar and political scientist Francis Fukuyama went as far as to proclaim that humanity has reached the end of history and it is hitherto settled for all time that the western liberal democracy is the final and the most evolved form of earthly government. History however chose to take yet another turn. China's economy boomed during the aughts and the middle kingdom became formidable. The world has since appeared to be marching towards bipolarity. The US looks at communist China as a rival and the questions which were declared settled earlier are again up for debate. How should the world work and why should western values be accepted as international norms? Currently China is more assertive than ever. In the 4th edition of the Belt and Road Forum held in October this year and attended by representatives from over 150 countries, Xi hailed China as the only country capable of navigating the challenges of the 21st century. The forum, touted as China's most important diplomatic event, saw 24 global leaders, including Russia's Vladimir Putin. In his opening address, Xi didn't name drop its geopolitical rival, but made more than apparent jabs. I'm reading out a line from his speech, quote, "Viewing others' development as a threat or taking economic interdependence as a risk will not make one's own life better or speed up one's development." End quote. Now you've got to be living under the sun to not be able to figure out that Xi is talking about the US. From this year's Belt and Road Forum, China's message was quite clear. The Middle Kingdom is eager to reshape the world and take on the US. Except there's a long road ahead and china isn't fully prepared just yet because you see the us has considerable sway over global fora beat multilateral institutions such as the world bank the un or the world trade organization or strategic groupings such as nato and the quad plus china's economy hasn't yet recovered from the dents of a stretched out pandemic yet but preparations are underway as i mentioned earlier China is planning to grow an army of lawyers with expertise in international law and foreign affairs. In a speech in late November, Xi told a high-level study session of the Communist Party of China that Beijing should focus on training more lawyers and party cadres in the legal systems of other countries. He also emphasized on the need to improve legal education and incorporate practice-oriented training mechanisms so that China could cultivate professionals proficient in foreign affairs related legal practices this is in line with china's 14th five year plan which was published in 2021 the document was mostly focused on domestic development of china but as the economist pointed out one section was devoted to foreign matters calling on china to help shape international law and to encourage the use of chinese law abroad now that china is focusing on beefing up its legal armory other countries especially the us should expect in the near future a more aggressive beijing at global standard setting fora and international negotiations and if china succeeds in taking the lead the time is also right as cnn puts it and i quote pressing issues like climate change russia's war in ukraine and israel's assault on gaza have sharpened discussions over whether the west is taking the right approach to respond end quote now the million dollar question is Could China be the answer to the West's apparent inadequacy? Well, only time will tell. 
And before we sign off for the week, here is our third segment, One Last Thing, where we bring to you an offbeat story that you won't find in the headlines. The biggest name in pop has quite literally shaken the world with her record-breaking era store. And yes, I'm talking about Taylor Swift. She has made fissures across the music industry and almost along the streets of Seattle on July 22nd this year when her sold-out performance at Lumen Field Stadium registered a 2.3 magnitude earthquake on a nearby seismograph. Previously in 2011, the same seismograph registered a magnitude 2 tremor during a particularly intense football match which went down in local sports history as the Beast Quake. It was at the crescendo of one of her biggest hits, Love Story, that the seismic activity peaked and the swift quake beat out the Beast Quake. A geology professor told CNN that shaking was almost double that of the Beast Quake thanks to the energy and rhythm of Taylor Swift's die-hard fans. So basically what we are saying is that when Taylor Swift sings shake, 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 shake it off, Swifties deliver with an earthquake. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was researched and written by Dhruv Sharma and Anup Semwal. Edited by Venkat Anand. Produced by me. Mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. <laughs>